Kiki ma ma ma. We are back to the masters of horror. This is the cult film showdown. I am James Cotta. And I'm joined by two of my intrepid explorers into horror film. Nick Boxer. Hello. Explorer, that sounds much too active for me. <laughs> Voyeur of the unknown. Of the oh, I like that. Voyeur. I bet you no one's re- no one's trademarked that. I am not leaving the freaking house. Voyeur of the unknown. Make- <laughs> All right. I wasn't going to try. Voyeur of the unknown. That's damn. I love that. Uh, <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a great title for a Masters of Horror episode. Also, Jack Hall is here. Yeah, yeah. I will uh, be serving just kind of as your second, your corner man, your manager. I will uh, I'll be largely out of the way this time. Let you guys carry it, and uh, I'll just be there giving you that that moral support you need to make the best podcast possible. Are you? Uh, do you, do you have a towel ready if you need to call the podcast recording? Uh, yeah. No. If if you if I find you guys are if I find you guys aren't doing well if if it looks like you're in trouble I'll send us home early. <laughs> you you gotta quit, Rock. You gotta quit. What are you? No, he's getting tired. I know what I'm doing. Getting tired. Give, give me a give me a cut. Yeah, me. Yeah, he's getting me. tired. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. That's the one is a little little rusty. Give me a cut my cut my eye. Give me one of those. Uh, in my eye. Eh? What? <laughs> hey, Wait a minute, you're rock. the corner man. Shouldn't you be doing like should uh, be doing Burgess Maribeth not Stallone? Yeah. Give me cut Rocky thing. Hit the one in the middle. Uh, I've seen I've seen three. Get the one in the middle. That's that's, that's my favorite. <laughs> God, he was great. Uh, all right, Masters of Horror. Uh, we're on uh, season two, episode three. Um, so uh, well into the uh, back half, and uh, this episode aired on the 10th of November of 2006. Uh, this was a series that ran from 2005 to 2007. Uh, roughly an hour uh, and ran on uh, Showtime, was it? Yes, Showtime. Showtime. And, uh, showtime. And, and as such, uh, has uh, was a mature audience's show. So some of these are, uh, some of these can get them, you know, tuck the kids in early for uh, for most of these episodes. Um, and uh, they're just going to watch them on YouTube later. So don't worry about it. Um, so Wait, this episode, the way you said that made it sound like this one has nudity. That is not the case. I mean, we've never seen a, a, a dry spell like this in this series. Two episodes in a row without nudity. You know, the last episode was Landis, and we had no nudity. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Landis is a little bit of a horn dog. There's always a couple shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is surprising. But speaking of the masters, who are they in this episode? Uh, they're a Jack. Uh, well, I mean, it's written by uh, by our uh, our our common uh, creator, writer, director uh, of the series. We see Mick Nick Nick Mick Garris is not Nick. Sorry, 
Mick Garris's name multiple times already because he's the uh, producer of the show, creator of the show. Uh, he's written multiple episodes of this and uh, directed one, and I'm sure he shows up. Uh, I'm sure we'll see his name again. Uh, as, as far as his horror background, uh, best known for adapting, you know, things like The Stand, 1994 TV miniseries, and the 1997, I think it was, the Sh- Stephen King's The Shining, uh, uh, Riding the Bullet. Um, you know, just a, a lot of Stephen King work, uh, Sleepwalkers, uh, another one he did. So, you know, um, a strong, a strong um, historian of, of uh, horror film um, is really what he is probably best known for today. He's the, uh, the uh, chapter of, I think, the um, uh, Board of the Hollywood Horror Museum, member of the Board of Advisors the Hollywood Horror Museum today and has a uh, horror podcast called Postmortem that's on the Blumhouse Podcast Network or Bloomhouse I guess it is so uh, that's that's Mick Garris uh, Ernest Dickerson is the director a cinematographer for Bruce or for Spike Lee for an awful long time um, including films like uh, Do the Right Thing and uh, Malcolm X uh, went on to direct films like uh, Demon Knight, Juice, Bulletproof, Bones, uh, with Snoop Dogg, which uh, is a must-watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, um, the Wire, he directed all of episode or, or season two. I think he won an Emmy Award for that. Uh, he's directed multiple episodes of The Walking Dead. Um, just, uh, this is a really good get for them, you know? Uh, a really big... Uh, um, uh, a big name in, in within the and well respected within the horror world and the director world for it gives a, I'm not saying they haven't had big names before, but this is a guy who is uh, often those names are for the fans. This one I think is a name that is makes other directors and people step step up and take notice going, Oh, Ernest Dickerson to it. So uh, really Really uh, accomplished director. Yeah, really impressive uh, perform uh, impressive credits. Uh, busy, busy guy. Like a lot of uh, TV episodes. You're shooting those in a few weeks, but um, yeah, like, not often you see a director with uh, there's over 70 series credits on his uh, on his IMDb. Uh, Everybody and, yeah, wants them. Yeah, very accomplished. Um, it's not a name I knew, but uh, that's a, that's a great pedigree. Yeah, no, just awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's a name I knew. Uh, he shows up in some documentaries and stuff like that, talking about horror. Oh, okay. And that's where I first kind of got, and I noticed his name on The Walking Dead back when I used to watch it. Tell us what happens in the V word. All right. Um, you know what? If you've seen Fright Night, yeah, kind of <laughs> seen this movie. It's it's. <laughs> A couple kids, one fighting with his father, uh, uh, decide they're going to explore a mortuary, break in at night. There may have been a cousin who kind of sort of they thought worked there. And guess what? There's freaking vampires. After that, there's a lot of running and chasing and dying and blood and heads... uh, 
being cut off and gore and coolness. I freaking love this. Um, yeah, if you like the gore, you're going to like this one. Um, not to mention pedophile Ironside uh, uh, <laughs> vampires played by Michael Ironside is awesome. Michael Ironside, like the two things I loved about this episode were the uh, the the mood that they set, the the atmosphere. I thought was really well done. Um, felt like a an old real horror movie, you know. And yeah, Michael Ironside chewing up the doing his best Jack Nicholson as the Joker, basically <laughs> chewing up the the scenery as the vampire, just awesome. <laughs> I mean, I this is the first time I've actually seen this one, which is the first time with any of these master horrors I can say that. Um, I skipped it because typically the weakest episode in any anthology, I believe, is the vampire episode. And at the time, to, for me, Ernest Dixon Dickinson wasn't a draw. Um, so I skipped it, and I wasn't looking forward to this rewatch. Or this first watch, but man, this this kind of burns. I really like this episode. Interesting. I I found it uh, I found it a little slow in the first half, um, but Michael Ironside. Um, I, I th- it was interesting when they bring in Michael Ironside because he doesn't talk the first section he's in, and I'm like, do you really hire Michael Ironside? Put him in a lot of makeup and then not have him chew up the scenery. Because that's his thing. Like that's his deal. <laughs> he's he uh, he's just that walking around. Um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. He gets there. He does. He does. Uh, the uh, I mean, Ironside was. I, I I didn't know anything going into this, and I definitely didn't know. Uh, I love Michael Ironside, and uh, and when he showed up, um, I'm, I'm going to give Michael Ironside the Canada spotting of this. He's a he is a Canadian treasure. Uh, and uh, and and also uh, the depth of his uh, horror experience. Um, you know, one of his first films being uh, Scanners, uh, David Cronenberg's Scanners. Um, he's he's definitely got the he's got the cred going into this, and uh, he just I, I think uh, I think some of the challenge that with that that I have with the episode is that uh, is that no one could play his level because uh, he's just so big. <laughs> Has he ever played a vampire before? Because in, watching this, it seems like such a no-brainer that that's all you should play. Um, <laughs> he was just kind of awesome in this. Not well, I looked at his IMDb to see if he did, but <laughs> I only have a couple hours. In the, in your, in the two, 274 <laughs> acting credits on there right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a busy dude, but uh, I, he's just such a great villain. Um, he's, I'm gonna he's, guess yes. Uh, <laughs> let's let's just assume yes, and and uh, you could write in the comments uh, below uh, your favorite Michael Ironside as a vampire. Uh, it is a it is an interesting time of uh, a vampire portrayal because this is a really violent, um, like almost zombie type vampire. Uh, like that's my favorite. My second favorite after Michael Ironside part of this is that the effects of this are really, really good. Um, there's a, like there's a point where with a throat torn out and it looks like there's a chunk of throat missing. Uh, like they really nailed it. 
Um, and uh, like some of those, some of the dead effects are like really, really strong in this. And I, I don't think this is a spoiler. I kind of like the fact that um, everyone who's a dick in this dies. It it's <laughs> almost plays out like a, a more a morality play where these young kids are fighting who they want to become. And, you know, the, the whole vampire thing is secondary. Like, you know, you're going to suffer if you're a bad person. And if you're a good person, well, you're either going to die by a vampire bite or become a vampire. I, I kind of dig that like black and white morality of this picture. Plus, I mean, it's just running around from a vampire. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. When it's done right, that is cool. Like I say, I, I like the atmosphere, the, the, the way it was lit and all just, I think it was just really well directed. Oh, you know, and like little and, touches when he, when the kid runs into his home and the first thing he does is turn on all the lights. Um, it, there's like 10 lamps he turns on when he runs in there <laughs> and it makes no sense logically, but emotionally you kind of get why you do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that is just so brilliant. I, I, I loved it. I, I had, there's one part that really made me laugh. It is, it, it is, uh, probably a realistic depiction of what you would do in a in a uh like a run from the a run from a monster situation which just made me laugh was uh the the two guys are trying to escape from the mortuary and uh, and our hero uh gets to the door and the door's locked uh and michael ironside's bearing down on them and uh i, I went back through it uh because he keep, like he's standing next to a big like um stained glass window but he keeps trying the door and not trying anything, not not going, not trying any other solution to the to the problem facing him. Uh, I, I counted that he he tried to force the door three times and rattled the handle fourteen. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's I'm sure that I'm sure in a panic situation that's exactly what happens. But it's uh, it just like it was because the, you know, like you have the Michael Ironside attacking the second person part while that's going on but you just keep hearing the door rattle in the background <laughs> oh, thing, the one thing that i didn't think worked as as well i think they they were trying to hit that emotional thing of of the son and the father and how you know he was a disappointment to him and all that i don't think that worked quite as well as they wanted it to but i, I think yeah the kills were a standout in this one yeah, and it's there's a lot more to like than there is to complain about. We're not going to sit here, I don't think, and complain about the the plot holes in this one, like we did in the last episode. No, I think it's uh, I think it like like I said, I think the pace was the only thing I was I was so so on, um, but uh, I think the second half really moves, and uh, uh, I I do think that there. Maybe maybe starting where they did, it's missing a bit of a uh, bit of oomph. But uh, they do a lot in this episode. Like they they get a lot done. Um, and if this was a movie, you would have a little more time to kind of you know establish his dad and you know have seen his dad earlier and that kind of thing. Um, and I just, think they should they could have developed that the Michael Ironside was a pedophile before he was a vampire. And he's sort of trying to 
I think he was trying to create some sort of vampire harem or something. <laughs> that it is a weird bit where he tells his backstory. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, uh, it's I do un- like how they yeah. don't get into like the whole vampire thing. It's just like, yeah, I went through some shit. Um <laughs> It's it's funny that that like he's he's eating people and that's like and like but we've got to show that he's not a good person. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we want we want to drive that home. <laughs> we want to nail that he's a bad person. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, Michael Ironside is in a film called Bloodsuckers. Oh. Uh, we're adding this to our watch list <laughs> now. <laughs> it's four point three out of ten. Oh, nice! It is. Intergalactic Vampire Hunters. Buffy meets Star Trek in a Mad Max world. That's a must-see. <laughs> uh, what was the title there again? Bloodsuckers. 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 Bloodsuckers, yes. With Mike, with uh, with our friend Michael Ironside. I mean, <laughs> anytime you, you mix in two sentences... Three movies to describe <laughs> one movie. <laughs> now, you got that's me. Strong, that's a strong pitch. I would probably lay money, just knowing the title, that Julie Strain is in that movie. AJ Cook is. <laughs> what what year did that bad boy come out? 2005. 2005, because there's a surprising number of films called Bloodsucker. <laughs> What a surprise! <laughs> and and some some of them are uh, are not uh, all audiences. Uh, oh, just that the photo it's the client also, has. Wait, of, uh, yeah. it also is known as Vampire Wars: Battle for the Universe, oh, making that... me want to see it even more. <laughs> we may have to come back to recording the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, awesome. That is an incredible oh, title. That is oh, an unbelievable tremendous. title. <laughs> oh, tremendous! Uh, uh, I I want to uh, I want to uh, bring up the the kind of hidden master uh, or little little master L I L little master of horror of uh, the uh, the actress who plays his younger sister uh, Lisa um, yes. about ten or eleven has a really impressive re- she had a really impressive resume at the time she was doing this when she was about ten. Um, she had already been she's in, in Silent uh, Hill. yeah, she was already right. in Silent Hill. She's on, she's on the poster for Silent Hill. She's, <laughs> and, uh, she played the young version of uh, the young, uh, Carrie in the 2002 remake. Also done uh, a few other horror secret of hidden lake and seed about the same time as this. Um, and, uh, yeah, like a, a lot of working actor in Vancouver parts, uh, uh her, uh, Cabin in the Woods uh, is one of the ones that she's best known for. She was uh, she was one of the the Buckners, the the uh, the family, the the uh, cannibal family that gets raised in Cabin in the oh, Woods. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised she, uh... she was good in that. So because she was scared when she was supposed to be scared, mm-hmm. and I got a chuckle about her little finger thing. She felt like a little sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Um, <laughs> and unexpected. That's why it was so funny. Uh, yeah, no, uh, she's, has, what's she done in the last, you know, three, four years? Anything of note? Uh, she did a long, uh, a long sci-fi TV series uh, called Dark Matter. 
Um, oh, I saw that. I, I like that show. I don't remember her in it. She has like green or blue hair. Well, she'd be a, yeah, she'd be a, a grown up then. So, yeah, she's the 94, I think she her. was born in. Yeah, 94. So, yeah, she'd be um, yeah in her 30s when she, which I know is hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his watch, yeah. Not 30s, I guess late, late 20s. Um, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Great kills, second half, really strong, well directed, nice performances, fun episode. Uh, great for the gore hounds. A favorite kill, anybody? Where the throat gets ripped out? I mean, that one, yeah, I think, out. I think the. Uh, it's it's not the kill itself. It's the uh, when uh, when his buddy is uh, has the wrap around his neck, and then the, like he, they, he pulls the bandage off for that reveal of the ripped yeah. out neck. Like that's the that's the best shot in the in the episode. I I disagree. I I like the splash on the decapitation. Oh, oh. nice. That that was gross. Yeah. That was gross. Yeah. I mean that that was genuinely like. Uh, I mean, it wasn't blood coming out of that vampire. It was like no, black. that was that Dude. was your that was your iker. That was your that was some serious gore coming out of there. That that was indeed very yucky. Um, <laughs> but just, yeah, a well a well crafted episode for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one I would watch again. I do believe. It's it's funny there aren't that many uh just gore movies like that that are just fun. Um they're kind of my favorite where you're not scared but you're just waiting for the next like gross thing to happen. Um Yeah, no, I really like it. Well, a great venue for that. Um you know, we were talking about the many credits of this uh, of this director, but there's not a lot of opportunity for this kind of of effects and horror. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of his a lot of the horror that he's done uh, like since and before was like more of the aside from Demon Knight, more of the cerebral type, uh, like a bunch of episodes of Dexter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is uh, yeah, this is I think every horror director wants one of these like like just wrap a story around a bunch of effects kind of kind of stories. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably it. why you took it. I dug it. And the, well, looking at the number of jobs he's taken, I think that the check cleared is probably why he took it. You know, you're making him sound like a hack. No, I mean, everything he's no, worked no, on no, is not at all. It's like he's got a, kind of the high he, budget. He has one of the most in in a in a series called Masters of Horror. He has uh, he has one of the most impressive resumes uh, of uh, of uh, the folks we've seen. Uh, I mean, just I, I got uh, doing eight or ten episodes of uh, like six or eight episodes or whatever of The Wire, and you can probably just like leave that as your resume. <laughs> so, all right, well that wraps up the V word. Uh, and uh, for those playing at home, uh, the V for uh, the V word was uh, vampire. Uh, and oh, oh, I just got that. <laughs> Another one I have a problem with the title because I did not go immediately vampire, but especially when you start with two dudes, like two high school dudes in a room. I thought they were college, but 
like I was thought it was a college dorm, but that'd be two two young dudes, one playing video games, and it's called the V word. I'm like, yeah, like they're clearly this is some kind of <laughs> is it a succubus story? Is it like a <laughs> what what are we in for here? Um well I, I like to go into these as cold as possible. Uh speaking of going into the next episode we will be watching is season two episode four sounds like uh, and uh we're we've been loving this uh, this ride uh through the masters of horror we've still got about uh what's that about 10 to go nine or ten to go and uh you can support our journey uh, <laughs> as voyeurs into the unknown uh, on Patreon. Uh, just search for Cult Film Showdown. We're also on Instagram and on uh, YouTube. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Tell us, uh, tell us your again. Tell us your favorite Michael Ironside vampire role, because uh, in 274, <laughs> there's got to be more than two. Uh, and uh, we're sponsored well, by. In, uh... It was in another one, but I don't think he played a vampire, but it was another, it was a Dracula movie. Mm. I, I don't think he, I, yes, he was in that, but I, I, I think you're right that he doesn't play a vampire. Uh, but every My Client Side movie is worth watching. Um, he says, not guaranteeing refunds. Um, <laughs> My, Michael Ironside's parts, parts are always worth watching. Yes. Not the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those actors like Michael Perry that I'll fast forward, I'll fast forward to his scenes, <laughs> but not necessarily watch the whole thing. All right, Masters of Horror, uh, we 